It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder fall in Cleveland, but Isaiah Joe might be a real piece of their rotation. Alexei Pokashevsky had the best game of his career in my mind, and let's grade this road trip as it wraps up in Dallas tonight. All that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by LinkedIn, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder, wrapping up their incredibly long road trip with a loss to Cleveland in a game tonight in Dallas. But is Isaiah Joe a legit piece for the Thunder Poku has the best game of his career, and let's grade the road trip so far for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Once again, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. Let's start the way we always do with our game overview. Chet Holmgren out, season-long foot injury. Kenny Hustle out with that knee sprain, which has held him out for most of this road trip since uh, Minnesota. He will not travel to Dallas, so he's out for Dallas as well. Usman Jang and Lindy Waters are both on G League assignment, and then Eugenio Marui and Jalen Williams both did not play coach's decision. For the Cavs, they were without Kevin Love and Donovan Mitchell. Of course, a huge blow to the Cavs to not have Donovan Mitchell. The Thunder start out with SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Pokashevsky, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. The five most minute getters for OKC, Josh Giddy, Poku, SGA, uh, J-Dub, and Darius Baisley, who was reinserted back into the rotation for the first time in two games after having two straight DNP CDs. So we'll talk about Baisley coming up as well. But let's start with Pokashevsky. And I want to thank you right now for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms. Pokashevsky had the best game of his career, in my opinion. Let's look at this game in its totality. Pokashevsky this year has struggled with being physical. He has struggled with being physical against bigger matchups and standing firm down low and getting rebounds and mixing it up. That has been the reason. Not one of, no, no, it's been the reason for why. He's been benched in certain games, and whenever you look back and you wonder, why do you only play 10 games here, or 12, or, you know, 10, 10 minutes here in this game, 12 minutes here in that game? The answer has been the same the entire time. The reason has been 
the lack of physicality. The lack of physicality has been the only thing plaguing Poku this year. And so you take that information and you enter this game against Cleveland where they can throw Evan Mobley at you. They can throw Jared Allen at you. They can throw Lopez at you. A very big Cavs team. This was a tall test, both literally and figuratively. And yet, Poku responded perfectly and made the adjustments that he needed to make. Poku got 14 rebounds, 12 of which were on the defensive end. And these were true rebounds. These were not long misses from three. These were not fall-into-your-lap rebounds. He was boxing guys out. He was using his body and being physical. There were many rebounds that he got where Jared Allen is leaning all over the back of Pokashevsky, and yet Pokashevsky still comes away with the rebound. He also, down low, had three blocks with five assists and three for three from three, shooting 42% from the floor, so not great from inside the arc, but still three for three from three. He scored 16 points with just two fouls. So when you put this all together and you realize that Poku played 34 minutes, which is the second most on the team behind Josh Giddey's 38, he played 34 minutes, only fouled twice, dominated on the glass in this game against a much bigger team, much more physical team, uh, one of the biggest and most physical teams in the NBA. And still, he came away with the best game of his career in response to his biggest weakness, his biggest kryptonite, the the last piece to adjust. Think about how far Pocus comes since his rookie year. He's adjusted the speed of the game. He's playing slower. He's playing with more confidence. He has shot better from three this year. Best he shot from three, and it's actually a very good average, you know, shooting 44% from three, whatever it is at this point. Uh, so it's well above where he's used to. So he shot better from three. He's playing more under control. He's playing better at the rim. He's playing better at all three levels offensively and as a playmaker and as a connector. He's not having these big blooper plays. He's still playing great help side defense. He's still uh, getting the block shots that we love to see. The only thing he has not improved upon is matching the energy and physicality of an NBA game night in and night out and against certain matchups. And Mark has punished him for it by, by sitting on the bench and not necessarily punishing, but just sending a message and saying, hey, look, we're not going to keep rewarding a bad out, outcome, so to say. And with Pokashevsky, he took that information and it's worked. He's taken that information and he's adjusted. He's now bringing that physicality each and every night. And he had his first real test of it against Cleveland. And he goes up against Evan Mobley and Allen and Lopez for five minutes because SGA played Lopez off the floor. More on that later. But Mobley and Allen and this long, lengthy Cavs team in general. And he answered the bell. And for all of that context of the adjustment period, of the physicality portion of it, the three for three from three, the being a connector on offense, when you put this entire game together and you and you put it in front of somebody, I think that this is the best game of Poku's career. Now, it's not going to be the fanciest stat line of his career to this point, but 14 rebounds against this Cavs team where he's truly mixing it up, plus 16 points and 3-4-3 three, three from 3, it, it, is, it is tough to do much better than that for Pokoshevsky. That is what you've been missing. That is what you want to see. That was the piece to adjust you know, the... the, the the last thing coming up the rear, so to say. Now, you've got to do it multiple games. You've got to stack this really good game 
with another really good game and another really good game, and then eventually that can become who you are. So it's not who he is yet, but he's shown you now that he can bring that physicality. And so now it's not time to take the, the foot off the gas, so to say. It's, the, it's time to push him more. Say, bring that physicality each and every night then. Match that intensity level each and every night then. And if he's not doing it, then he'll sit on the bench for longer uh, periods of time like he has so far this season. But this was a game where it felt like Pokashevsky really stood tall and, and, and answered the call. There's been other games since the benchings where, you know, he, he's been dealing with injuries. You know, the ankle injury, which was a lingering injury where, uh, or, or a rolling injury, if you will, because, you know, he has the ankle injury, sits out a, a game, comes right back, sits out another game, comes right back. And so even though he's technically playing in the game, the, the ankle is still plugging him. I think now he's as close to good as you can be for being, you know, a quarter of the season and, you know, into it. Everyone's going to have all these bumps and bruises at this point in the season, but still, uh, he, he's healthy. And this was his first chance for, for being totally healthy and for trying to answer the call of being physical, and he did just that. So you've got to be happy for Boku, and, you, and you've got to be very excited for where he's at right now. We'll talk about Isaiah Joe and if he's a real piece. Plus, let's talk Josh Giddy, who had 38 minutes in a, a kind of a different runway than usual with SGA falling out down the stretch. Falling out down the stretch. We'll talk about that as well. Plus, Darius Baisley returns to the rotation and... Let's grade this road trip so far for Oklahoma City with one more stop in Dallas tonight. All that's coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Rocket Money. Folks, Rocket Money is incredible, and it's formerly known as Truebill. And what it does is you go and you put in your subscription services, right? And when you put these subscription services in, they will help you engage and figure out which ones you want to keep and which ones you don't, right? And so in this day and age where it's a free trial here and a free trial there, and then here's a subscription service over here, you can get caught up and forget to turn off the auto renew and forget to turn off the subscription you don't use anymore. And so they can pile up and, and accrue all this money over time that you're spending hundreds of dollars a month, hundreds of dollars uh, you know, a year, thousands of dollars a year even. And so what it does is you put all your subscription services in there. You can see it before your eyes. How many do I have? How many do I use? How many do I still need? We've all been there where we sign up for something, forget to turn off auto renew, and then boom, after the free trial is over, you get a charge for something you have not clicked in once since the day you signed up for the free trial. And so to avoid that, you can go to our good friends over at Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. So go check them out today at rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Make sure that you go there because it can seriously save you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Go there right now, rocketmoney.com slash locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Thunder at Hello Thunder Pod, I should say. 
uh, is a Twitter handle. But your second listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. And Lockdown Sports Today is giving you everything you need to know about sports in 30 minutes or less from the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the box score and behind the scenes at Lockdown Sports Today. Let's talk about Isaiah Joe. Look, the question is, is Isaiah Joe a real piece? He plays in 19 minutes in Cleveland, goes three for six from three, one for one from inside the arc. He gets two steals, an assist, three rebounds, 12 points. He's a plus eight in this game. And, and I know that plus minus is not a big deal game to game. But when you watch Isaiah Joe, the spacing that he provides helps everyone. Specifically, your two most important players on the roster that are healthy, Shea and Giddy. He helps Shea's and Giddy's game so much when he's on the floor. And this isn't Paul Watson Jr. Like this isn't a guy that the Thunder brought in, but you know, it's already old and doesn't really have a spot on the team. This isn't Gabriel Deck a couple years ago. Where he came in at 26 years old, right? But Isaiah Joe's 24 years old. He's right there in the mix of all these guys' age. And he showed these flashes of potential in Philadelphia whenever he got much smaller run, but now he has a much longer runway to go with this Thunder team and much more room to show off his skill set. And the question is, what's his role? What's his future with the Thunder? And the Thunder gave him a typical Thunder deal where this year's guaranteed, and then uh, it's technically a multi-year deal, but if you really look at it, uh, next year's non-guaranteed, uh, so the Thunder can just waive him, and then the next year's a club option, so the Thunder can just decline it if they do want to keep him for next year. They're, you know, it's it's a non-guarantee of $1.9 million, which uh, is nothing for an NBA franchise to just waive that if they want to this summer. And then the $2.1 million club option can be declined if if they get to that point, you know, if he survives after um, this season's over. But you look at this Thunder roster, and you've got your own first-round pick and Washington's second-round pick. And as it's trending right now, that Washington second-round pick will be a very valuable one. It will not be one that you just kick down the road or put on a two-way deal. As it stands right now, that Washington second-round pick is a top 40 pick, and it's 37. So it's seven spots away from a first-round pick. And so that means you're going to need to at least create two roster spots. And so financially, your options are Wiggins, who's on a non-guaranteed deal, Isaiah Joe, who's on a non-guaranteed deal, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is on a non-guaranteed deal, Muscala, who has a $3.5 million club option that you can decline, Baisley, who's a restricted free agent this summer and you don't have to bring back. But other than that, everyone else is locked into a guaranteed NBA contract. And so you've got to create two roster spots of those five names. Baisley's an easy answer, right? So now you've got to create one more out of those four names. Jeremiah Robinson Earl seems safe. I think Wiggins should be safe. Then it comes down to Joe and Muscala. Like, even though Isaiah Joe's playing really good, it's how do you find the pathway to keep him in Oklahoma City? And now look, he we're not even at Christmas yet, which is where most casual fans say the season starts. So he's got plenty of time, right, to force the Thunder's hand in keeping him. Plenty of time. But I just wonder what the pathway is to, to making him a legitimate piece on this roster. Because it's no doubt that he helps this current team. It's no doubt that he helps this current iteration of the Thunder. They desperately need his floor spacing to make everything else run smoothly and in making life easier for Shea and Giddy, in 
turn, you make life easier to develop players, both Shea and Giddy, but also you're letting Jada play his role of being a, of being a cutter instead of a corner sitter and, and being more of an on-ball player whenever he's not in the fourth, Shea or Giddy. You're letting all these guys play a more natural role for what their future role will be for the Thunder because he's on the floor. So Isaiah Joe certainly should get more minutes this year and certainly should be um, a part of this team for this season. Like that's, There's no question about that. My only question is, how does it look long-term? And I don't know the answer to that. But what do you think in the comment section down below? Do you think that Isaiah Joe should be in Oklahoma City long-term? And has he played that well? I think it's still too early to tell. I think it's still still too early to make a prediction. If we had to you know, bet your life right now on it, I would say he's not in the with the Thunder next year, but he's kind of forcing the hand. I think that what he's done, though, to be truthful, is he's made himself an NBA player for next year. Somebody's going to need him. Either the Thunder, who have him under contract, or he's waived, and somebody can use his shooting and his skill set on a vet minimum deal at least. And that somebody could even be a contender. So what do you think of Isaiah Joe? Let me know down below in the comment section on YouTube. Subscribe for free over there. And also, I like the video as well. Let's talk Josh Giddy real quick. 38 minutes in this one. He had a different you know, runway without with a Shea being fouled out in the second half. And um, Shea played 15 minutes in each half. And so it worked out to where Shea still got 15 second half minutes. But again, he did foul out. And in the second half, Josh Giddy had 11 points, three assists, uh, eight rebounds, and a block with, with only two turnovers. Josh Giddy, just in general this year, has been a lot better in the second half than the first half, no matter the circumstances. Overall, Josh Giddy had 17 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, a steal, a block, 43% from the floor, and one for four from three. Nice game from Josh Giddy in this one. And then Shea, 31 minutes, six uh, fouls, so he fouled out, two, assi- uh, two assists, two steals, I should say three assists, two steals, two rebounds, 23 points, went over two from three, shot seven of 13 from the floor, and nine of nine from the free throw line. Had the boos raining down in the first half. To me, the boos were mainly at the refs and not about Shea. Because as I've said before in this podcast, yes, Shea gets the line at an incredible rate. He's shot in the third, he shot the third most free throws in the NBA. He's only nine behind Luka Doncic and only, uh, I believe it's 14 behind Giannis, right? So still, he's a top three free throw getter in the NBA. And But despite that, though, despite that fact, the way he gets there is not warranted of boos and of opposing fans being upset with him. It's more so at the refs because Shea does get downhill. Now, he had one foul in this one where he he did get, um, I, believe it was, I believe it was Allen in the air and then jumped into him and uh, got to the line that way. But in general, the vast majority of these free throws are from getting downhill and guys hacking him on his way to the rim to where it's not the way that Luca does or James Harden did or wh- whatever the case may be where fans really get upset about it. But the boos were out in Cleveland, that's for sure. And that's something that I think you're going to see a lot more of here in the future. But he's just so good. And every game, I feel like we're highlighting a different area of, of what that means. In this game, you saw he literally played guys off the floor. Like, he torched Lopez with those shot fakes. Lopez only played five minutes. They couldn't keep playing him because, because SGA just had him in a bind. They'd hunt the switch, and boom, you can't play him. Goes back to can't play canner. Right, great players in the playoffs. When the game's a half court, they're going to hunt the mismatch. It's all about hunting mismatches in the playoffs. That's all it is when you play in the half court set. And whenever you can take away their rotational pieces one by one, that makes you an elite level player. That makes you an MVP conversation player. That makes you a player that can that can drive a franchise. And so 
you're seeing with SGA, if he can hunt a specific mismatch and take a guy out of the game, that'll change the complexity of a certain team come playoff time. If you can go and hunt out one of their players or, and if any, if nothing else, it makes their bench shorter and that eventually wears them down over the course of a seven game series. And, and of course you're not going to play off the best players in the league, right? You know, Trey young gets the rap for being an awful defender, which he is. Even if SGA just hunted Trey Young the whole time and torched him, you can't take Trey Young off the floor in hypothetical playoff matchup, which would have happen in the finals, whatever the case is. But I'm just saying Trey Young is an example of a player who you could hunt off as who's an actual good player. You can't take him off the floor. So it's never going to be a superstar player like Trey Young. But what it can be is a pivotal player to your rotation. And again, like I said before, it can be just the certain aspect of we want to play eight guys. Well, if I'm playing off one of your guys, now you're playing seven over the course of a seven-game series. That really puts a lot of... Sh- strain on those players left in the rotation. And then, of course, Shea fouled out, only played 15 minutes in each half. Uh, that hurt the team, obviously. And it, that's going to happen. You're going to see guys get in foul trouble. Really, this is like the second time only that Shea's gotten in true foul trouble. That's really impacted the team. So it's not that big of a deal. But we'll talk about J-Dub. We'll talk about uh, Darius Baisley returning to the lineup, and we'll grade this road trip all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at LinkedIn. Folks, LinkedIn is incredible. You can go there right now and post your job for free by going to linkedinjobs.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Folks, these days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Then add your job in the hashtag we're hiring frame, which is going to be purple in the LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates that have the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering qualified hires versus the leading competitors. So check out LinkedIn Jobs. They'll help you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So check it out today. LinkedIn Jobs slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMBA. We'll talk about Josh Giddy coming up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's talk about J-Dub and Baisley real quick. Jalen Williams continues to impress with the bench. 11 points, 3 assists, 2 steals, 4 for 6 from the floor. Uh, perfect inside the arc uh, in this game. Only missed his couple of threes. What J-Dub did this game was fantastic in transition. Josh Giddy fed him on a beautiful fast break for a dunk. But he also had two other key plays. One was an isolation drive from the top of the key that he created all for himself, which the Thunder desperately need other guys to get their own shot with the way that Shea can. Obviously, J-Dub is not going to 
be at Shay's level of creation just yet, but uh, just anyone who can show some semblance of shot creation is what the Thunder desperately need. And then another play where he used the pump fake to get a flyby from his defender, drove to the rim, finished through contact, two defenders kind of smushing him together, both providing contact, and Jada finished over them. As a rookie, to be able to score at all three levels, to be able to take on contact, to be able to, to, to play make and do the things that Jalen Williams can do, it just shows you how high the ceiling is for this guy. 12th overall pick. That is perfectly in line to have a rational um, opinion that he can be an all-star caliber of player. And again, the all-star game is, po- is political and um, there's only so, so many spots, so not everyone can even make an all-star game. I mean, look at Mike Conley. He's a perfect example of a guy that led those Memphis teams um, and, and was a really, 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 really good player, but did not get his shot at being a true all-star until the 2020 season uh, where he was an injury replacement even. So, like, it is hard to make an all-star game officially, but that caliber of player is not out of the realm of possibility for J-Dub and for Usman Jang and for Chet Holmgren. Let's talk Darius Baisley. Building block Baisley, I know, I know, that was a whiff. That was probably my worst take ever. I think it was my worst take ever. Uh, Baisley returns to the rotation. Eight points, three rebounds, a steal, a block. He had a spinning through the lane shot that he missed, but it looked like it was because he went up with the wrong hand. Like he went up with the left hand, which is closer to the defender and much harder of a shot because it was not only closer to the defender, but he had to go around the rim. Whereas I think if he goes up with his right hand, which he's probably less comfortable with, obviously, uh, he probably makes it just based on where he was at on the floor. He had two corner threes that he splashed home, which he's having the best year shooting the basketball of his career, although everything else is terrible. Worst year ever shooting the ball at the rim. Uh, terrible at the, at the mid-range still this year, but the best he's ever been at shooting the corner three this year. Uh, he had a strong driving hop step dunk, which was very fun. Missed a Euro step layup in transition, running the floor hard and fast break. He played 25 minutes, which is the second most minutes he's played this season, only behind that game in Dallas, which beat it by 30 seconds. So for all intents and purposes, it was the most minutes he's played all year after two straight DNP CDs. And I just think that the writing is on the wall for Darius Basley. And you can go back and listen to last week's podcast where I go more in-depth in that. I just don't see a pathway for Baisley to be back in Oklahoma City next year. But let's grade this road trip for the Thunder. There's still one more game tonight in Dallas. But so far, they're 2-2 and on the road against all playoff teams. Minnesota, Atlanta, those were the two wins. And then Memphis and Cleveland, those were the two losses, all on the road. 11 days on the road, five uh, road, uh, five games, four different time zones. Dallas is up next. And let's not forget that barring a historical blowout loss in Dallas tonight, this is an A road trip grade for the Thunder, for this very young team. Because let's, for, let's remember how this happened. So they had a, fo- a hard-fought game in, in, uh, in Minnesota. It was a very hard-fought game where they found a way to close it out. They got up seven. Rudy Gobert got ejected. That actually helped Minnesota, uh, who didn't have Cat or Rudy Gobert, and they got better offensively in Minnesota, and they clung to that lead and barely held on to Minnesota, but they did hold on. That's very tough to do for a young team. Then they turn around and go to Atlanta, and they have a massive 14-point comeback in Atlanta when all look lost. For the first time in Mark's career, the team did not have any energy, did not have any sort of um, chutzpah in that game, and then all of a sudden they just flipped the switch and turned it on and won that game after being down 14 points in Atlanta. That's two huge wins. They did get blown out in Memphis, but let's remember the context that was the final game before a quick pit stop back in Oklahoma City to sleep in your own bed. So getting blown out in Memphis was technically on getaway day, which is understandable. Plus, Memphis is just a terrible matchup for OKC. They have the link, they have the size to defend OKC, and they're just a really good team. 
And then they fought hard against Cleveland, came back from being once down 17. They lost by eight, but never once held the lead in this one. So I still think that this was an A road trip, barring anything crazy in Dallas, which Luka is probable. Josh Green is out. Maxi Kleba is questionable. For the Thunder, they will not have Kenny Hustle. They also will not have Lindy Waters or Usman Jang, and of course won't have Chet Holmgren. But for, but for every other intensive purposes, the Thunder are fully healthy, and the Mavericks are going to miss two key contributors in Maxi and Josh Green. We'll see how that goes in Dallas. Last time out, the, the Mavericks lost to the Thunder in overtime in the AAC. Hopefully that training continues on uh, Monday. So the Thunder lose to Cleveland. Again, Cleveland once led by 17. OKC never led. Only this game was only tied one time. The Thunder lost by eight. Cleveland won the rebounding battle by eight, despite having the huge size advantage. OKC had one less turnover than Cleveland. The Thunder tied points in the paint, again, despite Cleveland dominating with the bigs. OKC tied points in the paint by uh, 54 all. OKC lost second chance points 9-4. to four. They won fast break points 14-8. to eight. Listen to this. The Thunder shot 45% from the floor, 34% from three, and 80% at the line. Pretty good shooting night for the Thunder standards. Cleveland shot 47% from the floor, 37% from the three-point line, and 69% from the free throw line. Very nice game from Cleveland. OKC had five and double figures. Cleveland matched them with five and double figures as well. The Thunder were plus four and a half, did not cover. MVP of this game is Pokashevsky for me. Poku had a great game. Up next, the Locked on Thunder podcast, Tuesday, recap of the Mavericks game. Wednesday, your mailbag questions. Thursday, heat recap uh, for that game against the Heat. Friday, draft pod with Richard Stamen, talking NBA draft. Saturday, Minnesota recap. Sunday, Memphis recap. And then Monday, I want to talk about Usman Jang in this rookie class and how good that this rookie class can be for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and just talk about the rebuild in general and kind of grade out who we have in the pecking order of the Thunder at this point. So a lot to dive into, a lot coming your way. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe for free on all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.